My name is Isabel Clausen, the host of the Girl God's Got You podcast. This podcast was created to remind women that girl, God's got you, and he wants to help you live the life you were created to live. Have you ever struggled with believing in yourself, having fear about navigating your future, understanding your life purpose, or managing overwhelming stress? Well, if you've gone through any of these experiences, then this podcast is for you. And I want to encourage you that no matter what you go through, no matter what you think of yourself, no matter how much someone hurts you, no matter what level of self-confidence you have, no matter how much fear you have about the future, God is here for you no matter what. Girl, God's got you, and He always will. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello friends, thank you so much for coming back to the Girl God's Got You podcast. I am very excited to have a special guest on the show today, my dad, Robert Clausen. Now my mom already has been on the show, so she kind of won in that category because she got on it first, but I want both my parents to be on this podcast show because they have so much good advice to share. So my dad and I sat down for about an hour and we talked all things about self-confidence, how to be a successful business owner, and even if you're not in business, how to be able to sell your image, sell your personal brand. We also talked about boy advice. We talked about um, the message to young girls and the message to young men that my dad wanted to share. We also talked about faith journey, health, a bunch of really good topics that I think a lot of young people will gain great knowledge from. And my dad was saying that as a parent, one of the hardest things is having all this wisdom that we've acquired from experiences. And these parents, they want to share this advice with their children to help them avoid unnecessary pain suffering and financial expense and the hardest part is that children oftentimes are not willing to benefit from this advice and I always call my dad's advice the pearls of wisdom and that's actually what he's called it his whole life Um, so all my friends are you know they always know what Mr. Rob means when he's about to share a pearl of wisdom and I've gotten so much of this advice throughout my whole life I probably have enough pearls for like three pearl necklaces and five pearl bracelets and earrings and all that. I mean, in, in, in a goofy sense, there's a lot of pearls of wisdom that my dad has shared. And I really respect my dad. He truly is one of my best friends. And I know a lot of young adults say, oh yeah, my parents are my best friends. But for real, my mom is one of my best friends and my dad is. And actually, actually for those of you that may not know, I am partnering with my dad in the family finance business. So now he's my business partner. So To sum it all up, my dad has a lot of pearls of wisdom to share, and he shares some of his favorites here on today's episode. And also, too, you you all submitted a lot of questions and advice you wanted him to answer, and I just want to say for those of you that did um, interact and and submit your questions, thank you so much. We're going to have a lot of other podcast interviewees here on the podcast, and so I would love if you have any more topic ideas, if you want any advice from the different guests I have on this show. Uh, I really had fun interviewing with my dad, and I hope you have just as much fun listening to this episode. So without further ado, we're going to start in with the interview. Hi, Dad. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. I'm very excited that we figured out the whole technology aspect of the recording. 
Oh, thank you, dear. And thanks for having me on your show. <laughs> I'm very excited. Um, yes. And so I just gave a little intro about you, but I want to start off with sharing uh, the top two things that we always talk about with the guests on this show. And that's your favorite quote and favorite song at the moment. Um, one of the, I guess one of my favorite quotes is the one that uh, I believe it was Winston Churchill said. Sometimes doing your best is not good enough. Sometimes you must do what is required. Mm, that is a good quote. I love Winston Churchill. I also like Winston Churchill's other quote that says, a man has three stages of his life. First, he believes in Santa Claus. Then he doesn't believe in Santa Claus. And then he is Santa Claus. <laughs> the, the stages from boyhood to manhood. <laughs> Exactly. I didn't know Winston Churchill said that one. I know you quote the Santa Claus one all the time. So, I, I have a whole book. I have a whole book of Winston Churchill quotes. Oh, really? I would love to read that. Yeah. Mm. He also has one about cigars too, but we won't go into that. Go into okay. that. Okay. Well, that's good. This is this is a Christian female podcast, so yes, of <laughs> we course. will add the filter. Yes. Well, those are such good quotes, and um, I think they're they're really good ones for us to keep in mind. Do you have any uh, insight from those that have helped you in life? Well, I think that a lot of times in life, uh, you hear a lot of people say, well, it's okay. He did his best. Well, if his best wasn't good enough, he should have done better. And I guess that's kind of what I go back to thinking, um, that I guess that's when you, when you really question whether or not you're really doing your best. Mm. I mean, if you don't, if you don't hit your goal, did you really do your best or could you have done a little bit better? I guess that's what I take it to being a salesman my whole life. Yes. And um, was there a point in life where you realized that you needed to start doing better or start performing more? Was that when you got into life insurance sales or was that a, a little bit earlier in life? Um, I, I think it might have been later in life mm. since I was such a late bloomer. I think it, uh, I really think that maybe it, it had to do with um, um, just putting your head down, keeping your nose to the grindstone a little bit longer and a little bit harder just to to hit the numbers that you needed to hit mm -hmm. and I, I definitely want to go get into that a little bit later when we talk more about your your life story and business and any tips you have about uh keeping going even when you get rejection after rejection as a salesman but i think yep. those are definitely good words for anyone of any age to listen to but especially young people trying to start their careers and get moving in life but I also sure. want to hear about your favorite song. I actually don't know your favorite song, so it'd be nice for me to personally know. Well, I kind of thought about that a little bit. You did give me a little heads up on some of these questions, so I did a little prep work, I guess. But um, it depends on, I guess it always, to me, depends on what stage of life it seems you're in or um, or what frame of mind. Music can remind us of so many different memories. I mean, uh, when a Carpenter song comes on the radio um it reminds me of when i used to sing to my children mm -hmm. uh, yesterday once more and close to you and and then uh eagles eagles and doobie brothers songs reminds me of my college days um one of my all-time favorites was china grove with the doobie brothers and and then another song that that most people have never heard of or are not familiar with the doobie brothers but it's another park another sunday that kind of is a kind of a little melancholy song mm -hmm. And uh, and the Eagles take it easy and peaceful, easy feeling. Um, and of course, I like most things by Elton John. Uh, your songs, I'm still standing. 
And in the in the last uh, last year or so, I've kind of last couple of years, I've gotten a little bit more into worship songs, and I had to throw those in there because I feel like I'm really in my uh, my uh, uh, sentimental um, stage of life as well as my spiritual growth. And and I had to put down here that uh, uh, "Born in Cry" and "Who You Say I Am." And then, of course, uh, recently we were very moved by a version of Amazing Grace. So I have a lot of different songs and I probably could have listed a dozen more, but uh, I don't know that I really have one. Although uh, when I hear when I hear some of those worship songs that I listed, I actually can get a a lump in my throat. And so they're they're uh, very uh, impactful lately. Oh, yes. And that's why I love hearing people share their favorite songs so that others listening could also be affected, whether it's a worship song or just a song you hear on the radio. But also, too, for the listeners out there, uh, fun fact to know about my dad, uh, he does not cry often, and I've only ever seen him cry one time. So the fact that a worship song can get him a little choked up means a lot. So I will list some of those songs that he mentioned in the show notes if you guys want to go check them out, but also the Carpenter songs. Those were definitely some childhood songs that I love as well. So if you guys want to take a listen to some of the songs that I've listened to growing up with my dad, I'll totally link them in the show notes. But thank you so much for sharing, Dad. I think that's a wonderful tidbit to share with people kind of into the personal life. But um, I also want to go into a couple questions just about you. Um, And I first want to hear, or I first want the listeners to know how old you are, where you were born, your current job, because some people may not know. So how old are you, Dad, and where were you born? Uh, I'm almost 63. I'll be 63 in September. I was born in Spokane, Washington. My parents moved from northern Montana to Spokane while my mom was pregnant with me. And they lived there all of six months. And sometime after they had me, they moved back to Montana, uh, where I grew up to be what I always refer to as a redneck nerd. Um, I love <laughs> the outdoors, but I, I love the outdoors, but I am a salesman at heart. And um, um, I still consider myself a Montanan, even though I moved away from there 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, do you miss Montana at all or do you enjoy living in Idaho and Arizona now? Uh, yes, yes and yes. <laughs> uh yeah i i i i i i like to get back to montana at least once a year uh it doesn't always work um uh, i do uh enjoy a lot of things about idaho and i also enjoy a lot of things about arizona so i uh feel like we've kind of worked our way into having the best of both worlds mm-hmm. yep the hot and the cold the summer and the fall the spring and the winter the palm trees and the evergreen trees. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Yes, but yep. also, too, for the listeners that, that may not know, um, my family and I are originally from Idaho. And then when I was six years old, my mom and dad were kind of fed up with the cold weather and the snow in Idaho. So they decided to make the move to spend half the year in Arizona and half the year in Idaho. And I did that till I was about 17 years old. And then I went to college in Arizona. And my brother and I are now staying primarily in Arizona, but I'm also going to get into this too. Uh, my dad is in the finance business, and he'll talk about that a little later. But he and I are business partners in the family investment business, so I'll be going back to Idaho quite a bit. So I guess we're still going back and forth, even though I now reside in Arizona most of the time. But yeah, that's a little bit of the background of the snowbird lifestyle, but not necessarily. Uh, uh, not, not snowbird. Not- 
seasonal residents. Seasonal residents, but yeah. <laughs> yes, and Dad, if you kind of want to go into your career path from going into insurance and the different um, finance firms you've worked at, and pretty much your your life's passion with helping people with their money. Uh, I started out as one of those uh, door-to-door salesmen. Uh, I used to sell whatever I could get my hands on. Uh, one of my big things was Christmas cards and all occasion cards, all occasion being birthdays, birthday cards, sympathy cards, congratulations cards, things like that. Um, just knocking on doors and I got, got my regular customers and, and did that. I used to ask people if they had extra coat hangers. We'd sell them to the dry cleaners. We asked people about Coke bottles and things. We'd sell those. We'd get cardboard boxes out of the grocery store dumpster and take them to the butcher and sell them. Of course, this was back in the 60s. So uh, back in the day when you could get three to five cents for a box, you could actually get a, 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 a real life-size Tootsie Roll for five cents. Wow. So uh, I am aging myself. But, Inflation. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I, I started out as a salesperson at an early age. And, and um, in college, I decided to start interviewing for for you get some practice with interviewing and the first interview I did, I was offered an internship program with a life insurance company. And uh, I did that for two years during college with internship and sales training experience and, and then did it for a couple of years part-time and then three years full-time. And then I decided I want to expand my uh, offerings further. And so uh, I've been life insurance licensed for 40, it was 40 years in January. And uh, I've been in the, in the, financial securities business for 34 and a half years. And that's why I ended up moving to Idaho was to get into the investment uh, business. Yes, that is definitely um, a salesman's dream. I'd say going from life insurance to then expanding to more financial products, because any of you uh, listeners out there, if you could sell life insurance, you could sell anything. So, you know, definitely. That's what my, that's what my aunt told me. Yep. That's what my dad's aunt told him. So, you're hearing from a true salesman and I know this podcast, it's going to be tagged as Mr. Rob Clausen's pearls of wisdom or, you know, Rob's pearls of wisdom. But since we're on the salesman topic, dad, um, I just wanted to ask a couple questions about that. And I think everyone has to be a salesman in some way, shape or form in life, whether it's actually selling something or selling themselves in the sense of getting a job interview, exactly. a resume. So for young girls listening, our, our age bracket, actually from our statistics, is the ages of 18 to 22. For girls essentially my age, what would you say is um, some tips about being a persuasive speaker, a good communicator, and really just being able to sell your qualities to get a job or to exceed further in life? Well, it's interesting. My uh, uh, When I was 12 or 13 years old, I was helping my, for the summer, I was helping my mom run our family gas station. And uh, while my dad and older brother and the crew were out building steel buildings, um, I entered a, a uh, uh, essay contest in a auto parts magazine. And the question was, what does it take to be a good salesman? And I ended up, ended up being one of the national winners. Uh, oh, wow. I, was young, I was the youngest at 12 or 13 years old. And uh, I believe what I said back then was, uh, uh, you've got to be honest and you've got to believe in the product that you're offering. Mm-hmm. And cause, cause that comes across. And if you don't believe in the product, it's, it's, it's hard to, uh, convince another person to believe in it. So, um, but I guess, I guess with a more mature outlook on it, I would say, 
uh, it's got to be a win, a win-win situation. Um, it's got to be something that, that the customer or a client can see will actually benefit them in the long run. And, uh, um, and as far as, uh, um, working hard in the business, I've always been a numbers person and statistics suggest that, that a certain percentage of people will eventually say yes. So I've always figured that, that each additional no you get brings you that much closer to a yes. Mm-hmm. That's really true. And, and to go off that, I think having positive affirmations and to be optimistic is so key because I think we are the biggest people that limit ourselves. And so if we constantly tell ourselves we can't do it, we can't do it. And if we don't believe our, in ourselves, we're essentially not believing in the product that we're selling because if we're trying to, you know, sell ourselves and, and really get that extra, you know, promotion or get that job, if we don't believe in ourselves and if we're not optimistic, people aren't going to be optimistic either. So that's, um, that's one of my other favorite brought that up. Uh, and that is that if you believe you can, or if you believe you can't, you're probably right. Yep. Yep. I've, I've heard you say that for sure. And I know mom always says that you're one of the most optimistic people she knows. And, and I do have a couple questions about that. I know, um, you know, you grew up, you're, you could talk more about this too, if you want, how, um, in the family business, how your dad was, you know, embezzled in, in his business. And you guys kind of had to grow up a little on the, the rougher side and throughout all the different experiences you've had and making something of yourself, what's the biggest advice you have to people who maybe um, say they have anxiety or are depressed or who just aren't that optimistic? What would you say um, to help encourage them to just see the glasses half full? Uh, I, well, I know what my dad would say. My dad would say, buck up. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I guess I would say that, that if you want to go through life assuming that someone owes you something, or, or living in the past because somebody wronged you a long time ago, then you're never going to, never going to get anywhere in life. I mean, my father could have, uh, um, you know, curled up in a ball and, 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 and not, you know, and given up, but he had five, he had a wife and five kids and, and his best friend that they built home, homes next to each other had just embezzled, uh, their, their business out of business. And, um, you know, he, he had a choice. He could, he could, uh, wallow in his, in his depression or sadness, or he could just, uh, pick up the pieces and move forward. And that's what he chose to do. So, um, you know, like I said, if, if you think you can, if you think you can, you're probably right. And, and, um, you know, nobody in this world owes anybody anything. Mm -hmm. And if you want more work harder, and if you want a promotion, work harder than the guy next to you. That's what my dad always used to say. Best way to get ahead in life is, is do more than the guy next to you is willing to do. Yep. Yep. I, I think that definitely makes sense. And, and at the same time too, knowing that you have every ability to succeed, especially for those of us living in America, we thankfully have um, so many rights to move up. And the fact that, you know, if you, if you need to get more education, you can take on school loans. If you, if you need to get ahead in life, you, you have the opportunities just because we have such a free country. So I think definitely taking all those opportunities in life um, and never saying no or never, you know, rescinding an opportunity where you could grow even if you're scared. Also, too, I wanted to ask a little bit about when you grew your business and how you obviously had to work really hard to grow it. 
And there are many times where, you know, you've told me that you worked, you know, how many 60 hour work weeks, you definitely uh, a couple of times wasn't it that your apartment was so cold because you had to, you know, save on uh, money, electricity money. You had to, you know, make sure that you weren't going to freeze to death. Um, I only heated one room for for quite a few months because uh, when I started out, I was making less money per month than my my expenses were. So uh, in the winter, I only heated I only heated the bedroom, and that was at about fifty degrees. Oh my! And uh, um, but uh, but no, I mean, I, I, I as somebody once said, I've been poor and I've been not poor, and I know what I like a lot better. Yes, but, yes. Uh, but, but success does breed success. I mean, and w- once you start getting a taste for success, it's it's addictive, and and uh, it does motivate you. And and once you start uh, having some success, it shows. And and there's nothing uh, more um, contagious than uh, confidence. Mm, yes, that is a good point. And and on that, talking a little bit too about as you built the business, what was your just so the listeners can hear about you know what it takes to work hard because I think it's it's easy just to to expect a lot, but especially in the business world, you know, and and in sales, you get a lot more no's and you get yeses. What was your your daily routine that you had when you were building your business and, and what are some ways you had to sacrifice and really uh, learn from, you know, your failures and as well as your successes? What, what did you do each day that really was just a lot of hard work? Well, I, I won't, I won't mention the name of the company started out with is unnecessary, but, but uh, back, back, back in the, uh, in the late eighties, the rule was you had to meet and talk to in person uh, and get financial information from a thousand people before you could open it up. Normally it started out, you know, seven or eight in the morning. And quite often I fell asleep at night writing my thank you notes at, at 11 or 12 o'clock at night. And that was, that was five and, you know, five and a half days a week. I usually took Sundays off. Um, but I, I kind of dropped out of society because I, you know, I was fortunate that I didn't have any uh, marital or family obligations because I wasn't married and I didn't have any children. Uh, but what's interesting in looking back on all that, I've had numerous people over the years say, well, it looks like you have a pretty good life. And they don't see, they didn't see the day-to-day grind and the day-to-day frustrations, you know, getting chased by a three-legged <laughs> dog, you know, that's kind of scary. Oh my gosh, um, a three-legged um, dog? You know, yeah, having, having Rottweilers come at the front screen door at a full run and, ho- you know, backing down the front steps, hoping that the, the screen door is latched and, and um, you know, uh, uh, just all kinds of different things. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, and, and again, it's a numbers game. I mean, um, it's, uh, it's something that I'm glad I did. I wouldn't want to do again, but um, it it uh, builds character. I mean, it makes you appreciate what you've, what you've done. I mean, it's kind of like a woodworking project or a a remodel project. It just really gives you a a sense of satisfaction to know that you actually built that yourself. Yes. And that it was all your work that you put into it and you're able to make something beautiful, whether, you know, it is actually a literal remodeling project or a business you've grown over the past several decades. Um, But before we get off the the business part, thank you so much for sharing. Um, Since this is a podcast for young women, what would you say is something that really motivated you when you were working so hard, when you kind of put yourself out of society? Um, what's something that motivated you and, and what's something that can motivate other young women as they're pursuing their dreams? Uh, death. <laughs> yes. 
for me, for me, debt was a, was a motivator. In fact, I used to work with a gentleman who used to say, I don't wait until I can afford to get something. I get something. And then the debt motivates me to make sure that I, uh, I, I work harder to make, to make, to, to, to make, you know, to, to pay for it, which I thought was an interesting perspective, but, um, um, I, I, I just, I just like the feeling of success. I like the feeling of, 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 uh, uh, meeting some, someone, sharing an idea with them, getting them to agree to move forward with the idea. And, uh, whether it was the life insurance or whether it was investments or, or whatever, I just, I just really enjoyed the, the feeling of, um, two things. One, um, helping a person see that, that what I was offering would be good for them. And two, uh, them having the trust and confidence in me to go ahead mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a, a really good motivator. And, and what are your thoughts on not letting your fear or second guessing yourself getting in the way? Because I know a lot of, at least for me, one, one way that I could keep myself from going the extra mile or stepping out of my comfort zone is the fear of rejection. So would you say that just, um, you know, overcoming that fear or handling it well is a good way to go after your dreams. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I guess one of the, one of the things is that I've always told myself is that they're not so much rejecting me as they are the product that I'm offering. Mm-hmm. And, and quite often, it, quite often, more often than not, it is that they don't, they don't really either believe they need it or they don't really want what, what you're offering. And that's when, when, you know, it, it, these days people are, can be quite, quite uh, quick to, to decide against something. Um, and, and quite often they don't want to give people the time to actually um, inform them adequately. But uh, again, it is just, uh, it is just a numbers game. The more people you talk to, the, the more, the better the chance you're going to find somebody who does want to give you the time to uh, um, share with you the mm-hmm. idea. Yes. Yeah. I think, yeah, just, Never giving up and trial and error is very important. But also going off of that, knowing that they're rejecting the product more than they're rejecting you. I wanted to hear some of your famous pearls of wisdom, all about finding self-confidence. And I know you have a, a wonderful story that at least I've heard many, many good times about how you were able to build your confidence. And I'd love to hear your, your message to young girls about self-confidence. You mean about being yes. shy? Yes. That one? <laughs> Well, I, I, and it's funny too, because most people that, that, that know me as an adult don't believe this story. Um, but I was actually very, very shy through, through school in the first couple of years of college. And, and, uh, a, a gal that was a year or two older than me that I grew up with one time took me aside and she told me a story and I certainly won't go into the details, but, but she essentially told me that people who are, are so shy miss out on so much of life because um you know it's kind of like the age-old adage the uh the uh the football quarterback and the cheerleader have the best lives Mm -hmm. because they have so much confidence and 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 um and they just look at the world differently and anyway she uh she basically told me a story about how her husband uh when she was dating him before they were married just was so confident that that was just uh she was just so impressed mm. by that and 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 i don't know what happened but i a, 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 a switch flipped and um 
I just decided at that point that I was going to um, be different. And I mean, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I believe it was the, the next year of school. I, I took a couple of dance classes and, and, and I learned pretty fast that if you're a good dancer, girls like to dance. Yes, they do. I so, love dancing, especially um, with you. And, and that, and that, and that was uh, a turning point, I believe in my life. So, uh, uh, Cindy, if you're listening, thank you. <laughs> I, that'd be cool if she was listening, Cindy. I won't say her last name, you know, because yeah, I no, won't. <laughs> no. but, um, but also too, I, I would love to. I know one of the biggest topics that I hear that young women want me to talk about is anxiety, depression, and not having self-confidence. And I'd love to hear more Mm -hmm. about the key things that you changed in your life to be more confident. What are some decisions you made? Was there a way that you looked at life differently? Was there a way that you turned off, you know, different thoughts or worries in your head? What are some specific tips you could give to people? You know, that's interesting because, um, my third year of college is when I did, when I started my insurance internship program and my, my trainer, my, my, uh, your mentor, my supervisor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he was the one that first basically taught me about dressing for success and, 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 you know, John T. Malloy wrote a great book, dress for success. Everybody should read it. It, it's, uh, basically suggests that you don't very often get a second chance to make a first impression and rightly or wrongly people judge you on how you look and so he had me wearing a tie not necessarily a sport coat but uh, a a dress shirt and a vest and dress pants and a tie all day long for college classes even though i wasn't going to meet with him until four or five o'clock wow okay and and i and i I really think that kind of helped with my confidence A, a friend of mine used to have on his uh, on his bathroom mirror every morning he had stickers that said look successful feel successful be successful and those were just some some mental um, uh, reminders that that if you if you look successful you got a better chance of feeling successful if you feel successful you got a better chance of being successful so I don't want to say it's fake until you make it but um, it is I mean I mean the well-dressed people uh, look more confident. I, I would definitely agree. And I know from personal experience in college classes, when, when you come in, not dressed to the nines, but just dressed up and you look respectful and, and pay attention in class, like people naturally just, you know, they, they think of you as just a confident, well-rounded person, even if you are, you know, a little bit more nervous on the inside. But, but I always say to dad, fake it till you make it. And I, the main point of that is embodying who you want to be and setting yourself up for that, uh, that path. So for example, if you want to eat healthy, if you want to lose weight, just start doing it. If you want to be successful, start dressing successful. I think just stepping in and starting and not letting you hold yourself back with fear. I think that's, um, it's one of the biggest things, but. Well, and that's, and one other thing goes along with that. And I know, I know, I know, you know what I'm, uh, what I'm talking about when I say this, but but you know, if you want to, if you want to meet a better quality of people, dress like the people you want to meet. Uh, and that's, and that, I mean, if if uh, if uh, if the guys you're spending time with aren't the guys you want to spend time with, figure out what what the guy looks like that you want to spend time with, and 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 you know, be the kind of person that that person wants to spend yep, time. Attract with. the person you're attracted to. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, thank you, and I think. A lot of people, especially young women, when it comes to anxiety or depression, we just get so involved in our heads. And I think just stepping back, 
not taking ourselves so seriously and kind of seeing the world for what it is and and just stepping into our goals i think that's one of the best ways to become more self-confident but well and and, and i believe that a lot of anxiety and depression is a, a slippery it's a slippery slope and you have to be careful with that because um and when i say slippery slope it's as i've always said how far down that path are you willing to go mm. and and um you, ju- you just have to you have to have a good support network and you've got to uh, uh be able to have people to lean on but you also have to realize that you are you are responsible for your happiness yes and if you could share that story um if you don't mind sharing the classic one of you and mom talking about where to find happiness. I think that's a really good story that a lot of young women could take from this podcast. Well, I, I guess what I, the comment I just made there is that, that no one's, no one's responsible for your happiness besides you. And you're the only one who can make yourself happy. And, and if you're in a relationship and you're looking at, looking for the other person to make you happy, you're bound to be disappointed because, um, if a, if a person does 10 things right and one thing wrong, you know, the, the, the pessimist is going to say, why'd you do that one thing wrong? So uh, you've got, you've got to, uh, you, you've got to decide um, who's driving your ship. Mm-hmm. Are you driving your own ship or is somebody else driving it? So yes. um I, I think that's kind of the story that I, sh- I shared with your mm-hmm. mom. Yes, and just the background, my mom and dad had this, you know, this talk right at the beginning of marriage, and it was essentially that um, only you are in control of your own happiness. People can add to it, but you're the one that um, is where you put your self-worth. And it, if you put it in someone else, that means they have control in your happiness. But if you keep your self-worth in God and yourself, then um, you could choose to be happy in, in any circumstance. Well, there's an old saying that, you know, somebody says, well, so-and-so makes me so mad. Well, no, you allow them to make you mad because you really get to choose uh, which emotions you're going to have for the day. You're going to, you're going to get up, you're going to get up happy. You're going to get up uh, not happy. I mean, that's a choice everybody gets to make every morning. And, And also too, I'd love to hear your pearl of wisdom as we transition all about logic versus emotions. I know this is one of your favorite topics, but I think in society right now, Dad, (laughs) as you know, and we're not going to bring politics into this at all, which is really hard because for those of you that know, my dad and I, we both love talking about those things. But I think our generation has become so caught up all about the feelings and logic, I think, has gone out the window, especially with young people. So what, what are your just your pearls of wisdom to share about logic versus emotion the balance and what's really helped you navigate your, you know, 60, 64 years, 63 years. <laughs> okay. Watch it. <laughs> well, I noticed, I noticed a while back and I'm not sure how many decades it was, but I remember when, when, um, interviewers or people started saying, uh, instead of saying, what do you think about that? They'd say, how's that make you feel? And, and that, that bothered me because, um, I guess I've always thought that, that, that logic is more proactive and emotion is more reactive. And the, the thing I've always said, and again, this is maybe oversimplification, but I've always said um, the difference between us and animals is we have a choice uh, to rather uh, use logic and rational thinking or just use emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, animals use the flight or fight. Uh, um, 
humans are supposed to use the, uh, you know, logical, rational thinking. Uh, when my children were young, I always used to say, when is it okay to panic? And the answer was never, because once you panic, you're not thinking, you're only feeling. And, and your emotions um, can misguide and you. keep in mind um, that he would ask us that question when he's laying on top of a bean bag and we're under the bean bag and we're freaking out and he's like when is it okay to panic and we would cry never <laughs> help us out so hey trained well, us well, well that that was all, that's also what i was doing when we would wrap you up in the hose the, the pool cleaner hose and we do the uh, uh the cracking well hey um, yeah back and forth in the pool and that was to teach you to keep your wits about you because um, I mean, if a bear is coming after you, you got to think before you, before you, uh, act. Yep. But, and, uh, um, two things, uh, that did, your advice did help me recently with, um, Remington's little episode, his health episode. I didn't panic at yes. all, mm-hmm. but when Aaron yep. and I were hiking and we saw a bear, I will have to say I started running and, um, he was just taking pictures and I kind of left him in the dust and I thought, oh my gosh, I totally panicked and ran away. So Sometimes I guess it works, and sometimes I'm still learning. But well, you know what they you know what they say you can't outrun a bear, but you can outrun your horse. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was a crazy time. So I guess I, I guess one other thing I'd like to say is, um, people who get an education are given the opportunity to choose whether they want to use their rational thinking or if they want to use their emotion. People who don't get an education are usually only limited uh, by having their emotional reactions. And that may sound like a snooty thing to say, but um, that take to me, that goes back to the difference between us and animals. Animals usually just react to their uh, emotional responses, whereas humans have a choice. And I would I would say that almost always logic is a better choice. Uh, the example I always use is how often is a decision made only on emotion a very good decision? And the answer is it's probably not very Rarely often. ever. Yep, rarely yep. ever. And and to go off that education point, um, I ask on my Instagram a lot of questions, or people submitted questions they want you to answer, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But one of them was all about finances and saving for college. And so maybe for listeners that are, that are listening and maybe they – can't afford an education right now or they want to save for an education do you think it's worth it to go into debt to get an education or what do you think the best route is for saving also if any parents are listening i know obviously you can't share too much financial information since you are a licensed professional but what are some finance tips specifically about saving for college and education that you could share well i'm i'm not as averse to debt as some people are but I also am an older father, and I, 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 I practice what I preached. And as shortly after our children were born, I started an account for both of them. And I, I, I've come up with a saying that says I'd rather pay for college uh, over the first 22 years than the second 22 years. Because if you save money for, for 22 years, it costs a lot less. And if you don't save money, then you're going to be paying on your college costs from age 22 to 44. That's just a a generalization. Mm -hmm. Um, But for people who didn't do that, um, you know, a lot of people say they can't afford it. But more often than not, I believe 
there's a uh, a lack of discipline to just do it. If you don't want to have a lot of debt for college, pay as you go. And I would uh, certainly encourage people to go at least the first two years to a community college so that they have half as much debt when they get done and uh, they st still will get to participate in the so-called college experience. Yes, I think that's great advice. And we know a lot of homeschool families that chose the doing half community college and half standard college route, and it's worked wonderfully. But, but yeah, I think definitely education is something. And even right now, there's a lot of student loan forgiveness due to the whole, um, you know, COVID relief act and the CARES Act and everything. So I think obviously education can propel you in life. And as the world does get more automated and as technology continues to advance, those certifications and those degrees do mean more than anything. So I think going into debt for a short amount of time in order to get that education, I think is, is really important and will be worth it in the end. But um, I would also like to go on to another pearl of wisdom all about your love journey and any just any really good tips for young women about love about boys a lot of the questions was i need boy advice and you know things that guys wish girls knew about men and just any any guy advice you want to share that girls could really take from i think would uh would be really beneficial and that's really what all the girls want to hear they just want the boy advice from a from a boy <laughs> or from a man <laughs> well i used to be a boy yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I i i never was a girl i'm like some of those people out there but it's uh but so I can only give you one perspective, but but the fact that I was a boy uh, 40 some years ago, um, I, I, I do have some advice and, and, and it'll probably fall on deaf ears like it did back then. But um, there's a lot of girls that like a challenge and they want to they, they see a person that they want to want to change mm -hmm. and mold into someone that they think that they will want to be. And and that's a fool's errand. Um, uh, very few people are going to change into exactly the person that they hope them to be. And um, um, so I've always said, I've always said, uh, uh, don't marry a rebel, marry a nice guy. Yes, that's uh, what you told me. You and, said at the top of your list, Isabel, he yeah, has to be yep. nice. Well, and I, 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 I did uh, a couple other things there. Um, and this is also something I told my children, you need to get your self-confidence from your accomplishments, not from who you're currently dating. Because if you only feel like a full, a whole person when you're with someone else, does that mean you're only a half a person when you're on your own? No, it, 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 and that's, and that's why we discouraged high school dating because there's so much drama and drama is not a good thing for anybody. Um, my other uh, uh, comment I would like to say is, uh, bottom line, don't have children when you're too young and expect to be treated as an equal in your relationships. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last thing I have to say is don't settle for Mr. Will Do when Mr. Right is still out there. Yes. Um, that's, and, and for and, women to understand, because I know young women, it, the dating scene can be so hard. What are some red flags that you think young girls should look out, look out for as they're trying to figure out that Mr. Right versus the Mr. Will Do? The hard thing about dating is that um, there's so much insecurity uh, in young dating. And uh, so many times people end up getting married so quickly that they don't really get a chance to fully know the other person. 
And the reason I believe that so many people get married young is because they're afraid that if they don't get this person married, they'll lose mm-hmm. them. And, and, and they don't, you know, they fall in love, but they don't even really know if they like the person. And I guess the red flags I always want to want to tell people about is is um, um, if the person has a temper, if they are jealous, if they are, um, for lack of a better word, controlling or manipulative. And, um, you know, bottom line for me is if 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 a girl is with a guy, how does he treat his mother? That's a big one. Uh, And of course, I always I, I always also used to say. If you had a if you had a daughter, would you let that daughter date that boy? If the answer is no. You probably shouldn't be dating him. <laughs> that is that is a really clear point to think about. But 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 the other thing is, I know I know girls and boys both have a lot of uh, either peer pressure or pressure they put upon themselves. And if everybody else has a boyfriend, they feel like they should have a boyfriend. Everybody else is getting married, they feel like they should get married. If everybody else is having babies, they feel like they should have be, be having babies. You know, everybody everybody takes their own path, takes their own time. I didn't get married till I was thirty nine. I didn't plan it that way, but it ter- turned out pretty darn good. And I got I got a wife and two wonderful children that would probably agree with that. Yes, and and to kind of go off to on your your love journey, obviously thirty nine years is a long time, and I think a lot of young women can get disheartened because they've had their heart broken. They've maybe, um, people have been unfaithful to them. What is, everybody gets their heart and, broken. It's part of the process. And dating for 39 years, dad, you had your heart broken a lot. What's some advice? Hang on, hang on, <laughs> hang on. I wasn't dating the first. Oh yes, uh, I guess. 17 or 18. Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> for 20 years you were dating. I've been yeah, dating for right. like three. And so I couldn't even, yeah. so what's, um, what is some tips about how women can get out of heartbreak, how they can still have self-confidence after it, and how can they have their standards high enough to where they don't settle, even if they've had a lot of trial and error? Well, I think the, uh, the thing that people need to remember is there's no, there's no um, requirement that you have to be married by a certain age. There's no requirement that you have to have children by a certain age. Of course, with women, it's a little bit different in that area. But I really do believe that everybody everybody goes through heartache one time or another. Everybody goes through loneliness or one time or another. And everybody goes through some anxiety or depression at one time or the other. But that's where I believe that that you got to realize that God's given you everything uh, to have a happy life. And, God's got you. Uh, <laughs> Yes, God's got you, girl. <laughs> anyway, and also, and God has also given you everything to have a healthy life. I've learned that over the last two and a half years. But um, I just really think that the key to enjoying life on a regular basis is to focus on the good things in your life mm-hmm. and not the things that either the bad things or don't focus on what's not in your life. I mean, the glass is always half full. Uh, regardless of how many negative things people want to de- dwell on. But, um, you know, it's funny, The uh, there's an old saying that a lot of people like to get mad about. It says, it says the rich get richer. Um, my kids used to ask me if we were rich. And it's a, it's a funny story about the movie Back to the Future. But, but my answer was always the same. Well, uh, we have our health, we have enough food, and we have a comfortable home. And I have a love of my family. So, yes, I am rich. You know, you, you just have to you just have to realize 
what your priorities are and and um, the secret to happiness the secret to life is balance Mm -hmm. you know balancing work balancing family uh, religion, uh, uh, time off, you know, work, don't work too much. Don't work too little. You know, you, you just got to balance everything. That's the secret to happiness. Uh, and there's no charge for that. Right. Now. Yes. I, I would, I would definitely agree. And, and to just to finish up the dating point, I think when people have confidence in their, in themselves and they have their hobbies and their passions and their goals, and they do have that balance within themselves and know they don't need anyone else, but if they, you know, want to have someone else in their life. I think when you really have that self-confidence, that's when a lot of things do fall into place with love and you're able to meet someone that also is confident in themselves. It also has their goals, but you're just running alongside them in life. Um, and I think that's something that, especially as a young woman, it's, it's easy to get so wrapped up in, in other people and in a boy, but to, to tie up the dating conversation, what are two or three things that women should know about men? Um, just this is kind of a fun question. There's some funny YouTube videos out there about, you know, what guys wish girls knew. And what's just something about men that you think if girls kind of understood, there'd be a lot less drama, conflict, all that. Okay. These are good okay. ones. So you might want to write these down. down. Pearls. Okay. Write down the pearls. There you everyone. Go. <laughs> Uh, we are still, we all still feel like boys inside. I mean, uh, my older brother once said uh, a while back, he said, every time I get up in the morning, look in the mirror, I think, who's this old guy looking back at me? What did he do with my, my, my real self? But um, the second thing about men or boys that all girls should know, they will say and do what they think they need to, to get to the next base. <laughs> It's in our genes. And I spelled genes G-E-N-E-S. Oh. Okay. Um, and it's sad but true, but, but we were designed that way to perpetuate the species. But anyway, um, and, and then, then my final point is one I kind of mentioned earlier. Uh, find one that is in good working order. Thinking you can change them is a foolish plan. Mm. Yep, you can't change, and you don't want to find someone you could change because that means you don't love them for who they are. You just love exactly. the idea of what they could be. Yep. 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 Yes. Well, thank you. There was definitely a request for boy advice, so I'm glad we got it from Mr. Rob Clausen himself. Did you want me to go over my message to young men? I would love to because we do have a few young men that like to listen, so that's exciting. Yes, yeah, share your your message to young men. And this kind of goes back to the college debt. In the in the in the in the college education, uh, uh, um, and I've said this a long time, and you've heard me say it before, that ambition without a college degree, you can still be successful, but a college degree without ambition is a waste of money and time. Um, so my synopsis of that is: ambition and a good work ethic will take you far. And then one of my old favorite sayings, sales sales training sayings, was: what the mind can conceive the body can achieve. So if you, if you believe you can be successful, then you're more inclined to be successful. And, uh, and then I said, respect young ladies, be patient, marry a nice girl. Drama gets old. Amen to that. Yep. And the, and the last thing I said was love your parents. It's a hard job and give them hugs and kisses often. Yes. We need to hug and kiss our parents as much as we can because even yep. though we'll see him in heaven, there's going to be a long period of life where we don't have him. And that's very sad. Yep. But And once you become a parent, you realize what a hard job it was. Oh, yes. Being, 
You know, I was thinking about this last night. Being a teenager, being a 20-something is difficult, but you get through it. You grow out of it. Being a parent is a is a is a rest of your life job, and it's one I uh, love more than any other job I've ever had. But it's not easy. Mm-mm. So give your parents, cut your parents some slack. I love that. Well, thank you for sharing the advice to young men and women. Um, I, mm-hmm. for those of you listening, I've gotten this advice my whole life, and I I love hearing it because it's all based in truth. But I I want to talk a little bit about your recent journey with health and coming closer to God. And then we'll dive into a couple of the the specific questions people would like to answer. But I know this year was your year of spiritual growth and you can share as much as you want about the health and spiritual growth aspect. But the main question I want to, I want to roll around with this is the pearl of wisdom all about taking care of your body when you're young and making sure you're fueling it with the the right foods that you could have a really long, healthy life. How have you learned? Okay. All right. Well, because I don't know how many people are listening to this, I will, I'll be uh, uh, not too specific. But what I did learn in the last two and a half years of, of changing my lifestyle and getting, getting off of sugar and deciding to be healthier came about when, I, when it occurred to me that, that my wife and I were coming up on our 21st wedding anniversary. And it occurred to me that in 21 years of marriage, she had not gained one pound and... Uh, and just for you, you listeners that don't know, she's a very slim fit person. Um, and I had gained 40 pounds, uh, 21 years of marriage. Plus I'm almost 11 years older than Isabel's mom. And, uh, it occurred to me that I didn't feel good in the morning and, and, and I decided it was time to make a change. So I decided to get off sugar. And, uh, a month later I was given some, some, uh, medical information that gave me an extra incentive to change my ways. So I lost uh, 30, 35 pounds and have not had a cola in two and a half years and have dramatically reduced my, my sugar intake. And I feel a lot better and I haven't even had a cold in two and a half years. Um, And I came up with a saying that basically says, if you, if you get your immune system healthy, and don't put garbage into your cells, your body can, can beat almost anything. Mm -hmm. And, and it's been, it it has been a, uh, a spiritual experience as well, because um, I was commenting someone the other day that when I pray, I don't hear God speak. And I've heard people say, you're not listening, right? Um, But uh, we, we had an experience over the last several months that I really feel like God was steering me in a direction because on my path, I, I reluctantly uh, made up the decision that I would accept a certain direction, mm-hmm. but, then that, but then that door was closed. So I reluctantly accepted the second option that I was probably going to be faced with, and that door was closed. And it just seemed as though uh, little by little, I was getting steered in another direction. And I, I just, I really, really feel that, uh, that that was God's way of directing me on the path that he wanted me to be on. And I am so, so thankful that, uh, that that's what happened. Mm -hmm. And people, people say you make your own luck, you make your own direction, but, but when doors keep closing, it's, 
I don't believe in coincidences anymore. I believe that there's a, that there's um, um, a plan. Mm-hmm. And, and to, there's the whole idea of control and you want to be in control of our lives. And I think you are the person that I think loves to have, you know, the most control in, in your life. You know, you could control your success. You can make sure your family's protected, but how have you, kind of learned more about letting God take control more as a, you know, a grown man who's taking care of his family. What, what are some tips you could give to people about, you know, when all of, when every door is closed, just releasing it to God, what are some tips about that? Well, I mean, I, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, a student of, of, of human behavior and I'm a, I'm a student of numerous, uh, sources of information, I guess I would say, but, um, Again, uh, this is, I mean, anybody who reads the Bible and only uses logic, I guess, could have a lot of doubts. But um, I do feel that uh, that um, that we are not in control of our ultimate uh, uh, destination. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe that our our uh, our behavior and our beliefs will definitely make a difference on our on our destination but as far as the timing goes i, I truly am believing that that uh, uh god is in control of of um our timing mm-hmm. uh, as someone is always you know someone who anyone who's ever prayed they pray that they get what they want as soon as possible but we've we've all learned that's on a different time frame um but uh what was the other question is yeah, the question was just for some people who really love being in control and in times where, where you're not in control, how you could like some practical s- steps on how you've been able to give the, some of the control back to God in unknown times. Um, well, whether it was when my children were born 11 weeks early uh, or when, when, when one of your children is in a difficult relationship or when um, you're faced with a health crisis uh, as, as a person I used to work with also, once said when you're on your knees it's easy to look up but but um i i I don't look to god only when things are 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 difficult i mean i i i still you know when i started out in life insurance business after i'd come out of my appointment and have you know have had a successful appointment i would always look up and say thank you god and uh because i do believe that that uh he is giving us the skills to be successful we just need to uh, use what he's given us. So, yeah, but, but losing, giving up control, losing control. Uh, it's, it's a parent's most difficult job, I think in the world. And it is, it is a, uh, uh, a test of a person's, um, character to be able to handle it with grace because it is, it is a difficult process. But, um, when it comes to health and things like that, um, you get to a point where you realize you really have that very little control. And that's uh, when you really realize that somebody else is in, is, is calling the shots. Mm-hmm. And knowing that even though we think we're all powerful, our creator is really the one in charge, but well, yes. thank you so much for sharing the, uh, the Jesus journey and everything. And I, I love hearing all of your, your pearls of wisdom with, with all those topics. And, and as we wrap up, I asked on Instagram, just some questions that, you know, any pearls of wisdom people wanted you to talk about. And we got some good responses. So the first one that I wanted to ask you, um, someone asks, asked, what's it like raising children in this generation? 
uh, well, since I had, didn't raise them in any other generation, I, all I can compare it to is, is my childhood. And um, um, I really do believe that technology has a lot of benefits, but it also has a lot of uh, liabilities. And I, I do believe that social media is one of the worst things that's ever been invented, uh, giving, giving a, a young child a phone at an early age and then wondering why they're not listening to you or ignoring their parents um, is, is almost comical, but it's, it's really sad. Uh, the uh, the uh, dinner time has been replaced by constant entertainment. I shouldn't say replaced. I mean, I remember in the 60s when, when, when uh, um, TV dinners came out and people had these TV trays and everybody would sit in front of the TV because that was a pretty new thing. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when we went from black and white TV to a color TV. That was quite a, quite wow, a change. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, um, I would say try to, try to, try to stick to the basics and, 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 you know, quality time. I know it's an overused subject, but, but, uh, make the most of the time together and, and try to get off the darn screens. Yep, yep. The screens can really keep you from understanding what's right in front of you. But, um, mm-hmm. well, thank you for answering that. And, and another one to kind of go off parenting. Um, another girl asked, advice on balancing and supporting your kids while at the same time giving them freedom as they grow up. Uh, that goes back to the old uh, balance thing. Um, uh, I I firmly believe that I don't know if I should say this or not, but that up to a certain age, um, uh, kids and pets are a lot similar in, in, in what they need and, and they all need structure and they all need discipline. And, um, without discipline, we have chaos. If you don't believe that, just look around with some of the cities and what's going on Mm -hmm. right now. Um, but, um, I think that the the reminder that we're not raising children, we're hopefully raising self-sufficient, responsible adults is a helpful thing to keep in mind because as much as, as, as hard as it is sometimes for people to uh, be happy when their children leave the nest, that's really a mark of success. Mm. Uh, but um I've also always said that 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 uh, too much freedom and not enough discipline is a recipe for disaster. So um, it's again, it's finding the right balance between how much freedom and how much uh, um, discipline and how much um, oversight. Yep, yep, I I totally agree. Well, yeah, I think that's a good balance and really trying to to see that with your kids. It could be hard, but um, treating them as adults but also supporting them is I think one of the best gifts that parents can give their children. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then two other questions all about college. So the first one um, was advice for dads sending their daughters off to college. And I know I recently graduated, but I know the day I left to go to college, um, it was definitely really hard for you and mom. Um, and so what is some mm-hmm. advice you could give to a dad right now who's sending his daughter off to college? Well, I guess I would say that, 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 that day needs to be thought about uh, about 18 years sooner. And um, I guess what you could say to a father these days is uh, hopefully 
you've you've given that person uh, what they needed over the previous 18 mm-hmm. years. And, 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 and also, of course, remember, um, you know, if, if I'm giving advice to a father, obviously he's still alive and he probably did some foolish things in college. And, and I, and of course, uh, ideally, uh, uh, the children will not be as, 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 uh, adventurous mm-hmm. as some of their parents were. Um, but, um, you know, you got to have confidence in what you've given them uh, for the first 18 years, because yeah, if you haven't, then I guess you got more to worry about. That's true. Yeah. Making sure they're all well prepared and trusting that they'll make those good decisions. <laughs> yes. And then, yes. Um, yeah, the last question all about college was, what would you tell your younger self who's going into college? So what would you tell 17 year old Robert when he's going into college? Actually, I took a gap year, and I was a late bloomer. I was actually 19 when I started college. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I, I guess I, – um, well, I'd say a lot of things, but I can't say on here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, w- I guess I would say – I would say it's all worth mm-hmm. it. And, and when, you, when you're stressed out because you've got – I mean, I've got a part-time job all through college. Um, I've got a full class load. And then a couple of quarters, my dad said, we've got too much work lined up, so you can't go to school this fall or you can't go to school next uh, uh, spring spring mm. quarter. Um, uh, but I guess I would, I would say uh, um, eat, more, eat more vegetables and fruit <laughs> and, and uh, not so much pizza and beer. And, you know, of course, when I was 19, just to clarify, when I was 19, the drinking age was 19. Thank you. And so, <laughs> <For sure. laughs> uh, but I would say um, um, work a little bit harder at school and a little less hard at social. Mm-hmm. I'd also say don't eat so much sugar. <laughs> yes, I think we definitely have that point down for sure. And, and, the, and the last thing I would tell myself would be go home and see your mom a little more often. Yes, yes. Making sure to include the parents, even in college, is so important for sure because they're always there for you. And there's yeah. decisions you have to make in college that you need a lot of advice on. And parents are some of the best advice givers out there, at least what I believe. So, yes, well, thank you so much, Dad, for coming on the podcast. And do you have any final pearls you want to share? Uh I, I guess, I guess it would be that, that, um, there's always plenty of things to worry about. And if you, if you keep looking there, there will never be a shortage of things to worry about, but worrying doesn't help. Uh, the Bible says we're supposed to give our worries to the Lord, but not, not everyone's good at that. So I've come up with the saying, uh, 90% of the things you worry about never happen. And the other 10%, you can't do anything about anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've, You've told me that my whole life, and I constantly remind myself of that, too. And I think that just goes back to the fact that God is in control, and God's got you. And the stuff you worry about you can't control, he loves you, and he'll take care of it. And one last one that I've always shared with Mm -hmm. you, Isabel. Don't sweat the small stuff. It's all small stuff. Correct. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope everyone enjoys all the boy advice, the business advice, college advice. I think 
it's definitely really good to, to hear from, you know, older individuals, not calling you old, but older people um, and hearing all their wisdom because <laughs> they definitely have gone through it. And um, if you could learn from people's mistakes and avoid some of them, you will live a, a lot more fruitful life, I think. So thank you for taking the time to come on. And I look forward to seeing you and giving you a real life hug in a couple of weeks. All, All right. right. Love, love you. Sis. Bye. Bye.